Hello, and welcome to Book Wars Pod. This is episode 70, which has been on delay for several weeks, um, while some of me were in uh, Denmark. (laughs) So sorry about that. I know that's fucking annoying. Sorry, it's in the middle of a book. And um, it was right before, like, I think probably all of our favorite story of this book. So not to put words in everyone's mouths, but this JJM, John Jackson Miller, The Ride in Cantobite was amazing. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm the fuck back from Europe now. This is uh, Kristen. I'm here with Kate and Chris. Um, not as usual because we haven't done this in, in months. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Who are you again? Uh, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> oh, all right. That sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, are you guys drinking? Yes. What are you drinking? Um, I have. So uh, last year, um, Trader Joe's... Um, invented this beautiful chocolate almond pepper um almond based chocolate peppermint drink which uh they brought back this year which was great uh but um i think it was uh at space yes from twitter um co-host of rebel girl who last year was like why don't you put some rum in there and i was like oh my god why didn't i do that and of course like she told when she told me that i had just chugged the last of the carton Mm. last year so i have rum in it now it's um Appleton Estate Rum from Woo. Jamaica. It's I, Chris. I took the loss of the honeymoon rum. That's fine. All right. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, we still have rum from my shitty old job. Oh yeah, roll tide. Um, <laughs> that is amazing. I lo- love honeymoon rum. Um, oh, also yeah. I was gonna say it's like the same thing you were drinking last year at this time, but yes. now with alcohol. Correct. Dad, so, what are you drinking? It's happier. Um, it is happier. I am halfway through a glass of water, but when I finish it, I am going oh to be switching God. over to uh, Lagavulin 16-year scotch. It's oh, so smoky. Lo- it, it does taste like socks, but um, if you're into that, it's delicious. It's yep. fantastic. Does it taste the, like socks? The best socks you've ever had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kate, I don't mean to like already ruin like smoky scotch for you more than it's already ruined, but next time you drink smoky scotch, be like... Oh, it tastes like dirty gym socks. That's what that familiar taste is. Um, Why familiar. are you eating dirty gym socks? I mean, I'm not eating them. I'm smelling them, and that's like half of taste or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'm very tired and jet lag still. Um, <laughs> I am drinking a Migration Brewing Mohazic Hazy IPA, and this is a huge shout out to Kate and Chris for letting me flake out. We were supposed to record last night, but um, I was a dead person, um, so it was great that they let me not do that because now I can drink. Whereas if I was drinking yesterday, I would have gotten yelled at. Um, Correct. So <laughs> yes, this is Migration Brewing. It's right around the corner from me. I am so happy to be drinking local trash ass hazy IPAs again. Um, on the side, it says Tropical Hazy Smooth. And it's delicious, and I love it. It's called Hell Mohazic yeah. because it's made with mosaic hops and other nice. things. But yes, it's great. It's in a very uh, cute can. 
And I, you know, I thought Miranda might put it in a Fobo Grow uh, koozie for me because we oh found one of those. I didn't know they existed, but now we have, we oh, have some. God. Um, but you know, it's just a regular ten barrel koozie. But um, just <laughs> I, w- I, I know I've said it a thousand times, but thank Kate and Chris for how flexible they were while I was in fucking Europe for work, and. At all of you guys for sticking with us and Holly for being on the show. Holly at Holly E83, is that right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, cool. Holly, thank you for being on the show while I was dead in Denmark. <laughs> Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. It's whatever my technical issues were. Um, <laughs> but I'm home now. So now it's great now we only have a three hour time difference instead of like a six hour time difference yeah it's just like much more convenient but i just wanted to say thank you again i know you guys are probably fucking tired of hearing it but i really really appreciate it with this is like our our love uh our love happiness and let's not be depressed project so the fact that uh we could continue to try to like push through that when there's all this shit going on is uh is wonderful and thank you Totally. Yeah. And now we have contingency plans for next time because At Real Baby Bird now lives <laughs> with Keeks and Quinn. So. Hey, hey Burb, say hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll all see right. if I can boost that to make sure everybody heard that from, this, from the next room. But we all live in the same place now and it's amazing. Yes. So it's going to be great. Expect more um, music screaming from Miranda in the near future. <laughs> yes. It's, oh, it's, this is it's great. a beautiful thing. I know. Yeah. It's so great to talk to you guys again. I know we I'm talked so about that off the air, but it's just so great to be back potting and so happy. fuck. <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ. Um, and on that note, let's see if any of us remember any details from this novella that we read like a month ago. <laughs> I have not revisited it, so I'm sure we won't. But you guys both have very good memories, so I'm very excited can you, to talk about it. Can you imagine if we'd stopped in the middle of a novel? Dude, I have to reread the whole thing. I was just thinking that, which would have been horrible. Also, um, John Jax Miller, friend of the pod, poor guy. Um, If you by accident happen to stumble into listening to this episode, great apologies for the fact that we read this story like a month ago and are discussing it now in case we say dumb things. So, yeah. It is my favorite novella of the book, though. It's really good. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Holy crap. So. Um, JJ, I'm, I'm sorry you're a friend of the pod, but also I love you. I know. Um, we're going to spend some time talking about his writing style later on because um, at this point we've read, like, what, three different works from him probably at this point? Um, so New Dawn, this, what else? And his short story in... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, from, from a certain, certain point, point of, view. of view. So we're, you know, we're, we're familiar. <laughs> um, and he also bothered to talk to me at um all-star comic-con <laughs> this this past summer I, it's a literally a five minute episode bonus episode go back and find it it's like the only one with a normal title <laughs> chris why are you like repeatedly kicking the goddamn table oh because i have nervous like, energy left over you're from like earlier kicking the table you're kicking the cord into the table which is like making a rattling noise you're just like leaning back in your chair and like training like a rocking chair what are you doing listen i just want to make sure that our listeners are being reacquainted with the production quality that frankly they've come to know and love anyway so thank you guys so much (laughs) for listening to us now and always but mostly just like 
thanks to my co-host for all of us being the worst three people that could ever have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they didn't give us a panel at Star Wars Celebration. I know. They, they like, listened oh, to like one st- episode and they were just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, our Star Wars Celebration bonus app is going to be so much. It's going to be better now, though, because like, look, the panel would have been cool, but now we can just get drunk with Rogue Pod. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. Yes. Fantastic. Guys, it's going to be a crossover. It's going to be a crossover episode, and we're all going to be drunk as hell. It's going to be lovely. Um, okay. So getting Should to the actual reading. Should we talk about the thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Great, 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 um, great. So the first thing I want to do is, well, this is even better now because we haven't looked at this story in a month, but Keeks, I noticed that, um, or I I don't know, it took it took me a while to get this because I don't, I don't gamble, but I noticed that a lot of the... I think all the chapter titles are gambling terms in some fashion, but I don't know what, like, hardly any of them meant. So it took me, like, five chapters until I got to a normal-sounding one or, like, one that I knew before. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, and I, I'm i not the best person to ask about this because I also don't really gamble. I, But mm-hmm. I think um, – I, I think I think it was a – a fair mix of like actual gambling terms and like plays on gambling terms. Okay. If I were cool. to, I mean, I might be full of shit and they could just be gambling terms. I don't know. Um, but I think like similar to how everything else in the story was kind of like, you can equate this table game to poker or yeah. blackjack or craps, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like, these are, kind like we are to recognize these chapter titles as gambling terms but they're okay. not necessarily like gambling terms that we would know they're like plays on gambling terms it was kind of how i interpreted that but okay. um chris you have gambled money at casinos more than i have actually so was that your read on that was, it as yeah well, that was my or? take as well that okay. it was like gambling term based okay because some of them are okay because I, I think I got thrown off by the fact that some of them were real and some of them were not. And so I was just like, what? And so I'm sure it was, like, super clever and lovely, um, the double entendre that going on there. But it was lost on me because I don't know things. <laughs> Sorry, I was just closing my window. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will edit that out. Um, no, you won't. No, I, I think, uh, no, I just think, like, it's... I, I think it's very similar in, like, it's whatever, you know, it, some of them were meant to be, like, very quickly understood and some of them were not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that we're, like, totally off base with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And, like, the other thing that I... Have you guys seen, like, the Oceans movies? Mm-hmm. Um, the... Quinn must be home. I can fucking hear him. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so loud. Um, I was going to say, um, if, in, in case any of y'all were wondering whether how queer I am, I got even more gay after seeing Ocean's 8. So. Yo, same. That's, oh, same. I watched that movie over and over again. Um, oh, man. It's just like, it's a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think like... A lot of like the uh, the chapter titles are kind of reminiscent of that as well. They're like gambling terms folded into like things that um, reflect like the plot, which yeah, I think are interesting. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, the, and I should clarify that's what I meant by like their double meanings. Like I remember there, 
Um, when they go down to the Father of Racetrack, there's uh, a chapter called The Stretch, which, of course, is, you know, they're talk- if you've ever watched, like, um, the Kentucky Derby or whatever, they talk about um, the horses rounding the corner and coming down the last stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, of course, him betting on, um, you know, fucking daughtery old sad Father was kind of a bit of a stretch <laughs> in terms of, like, stretching his luck, I guess. So it was that sort of thing. So good. I know. Well, it's so fucking guys. good, though. Oh, cool. God, poor Flap. Okay, listen, I was not told that animals were going to die in this novella, and it was not all right. You know what? Neither was Cal. Oh, my God. Wow, how dare you? How dare? How dare you? It's oh Christmas. <laughs> it's not Christmas. Do they it's even Han- know it's Christmas? It's Hanukkah over. Canto Hanukkah's bite. over, right? Hanukkah's not over yet. Oh, yeah, Hanukkah's been over. Well, I know, but it like started, like, no, no one even said Happy Hanukkah to anyone in Denmark. No, they didn't, Kristen. Oh, I thought, you, I thought you meant, like, on the pod. Okay, never mind. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sorry I didn't say Happy Hanukkah to you. I don't think I even... It's fine, you're just both anti-Semitic. Let's move on. <sighs> I don't even I mean, think that, I said. I don't even think I said Happy Hanukkah to you. Not on the pod. It was just, the it was war on so, Hanukkah is real. That's all I'm gonna say. It was say. so oh early. It was so early this year. It was like December third, <laughs> right? Oh my god. Yeah, it yeah, started so fucking it early. Was quite early. See, I do. At least I know when it started, don't I? Who's in uh, now? Somewhere thereabouts. It might have been the second, <laughs> but I'll give it to you. Okay. Denmark, rubbing. De- Denmark and European anti anti semitism just rubbing off on you. I see how well, it is. Yeah, I mean they just don't. I, I don't know that I know anyone there who is Jewish at all. So because we all left. I know. I can't imagine yes, let's why. Say. I can't imagine why. Anyway. Uh, this just reminds me of like the hilarious way that a friend of mine like ended this like terrible date he was on. Oh no. Uh. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I don't even want to know. I do. Can you tell me later off the pod? Uh, yes, absolutely. Is this, if anybody wants to know what this horrible joke is. No, I'll just tell it now. We've talked about it. I'm just going to tell right, it now. So a friend of mine who does not, I'm sure does not listen to no, the No, he does not. Uh, he but, is going for his PhD in uh, Civil War history at Northwestern currently. Yes. Uh, which is a great context for this because what, who does that? But anyway? yeah, so he was on a, he was on a Tinder date and he is, he is uh, in case, uh, so his name is Gideon. In case that didn't give it away, he is super Jewish. <laughs> and he was on a date, and it was, like, really not going well. He was just, like, not vibing with this girl. And so, like, she is, like, I don't know, like, just won't stop talking. And, like, she is, like, talking about her, like, 57 different cousins because, you know, she's Irish, and that's just a thing for her, I guess. And so she's, like, and so Gideon's, like, yeah, you know, I have, like, a cousin. <laughs> and she was just like, and she's like, "Wait, why is your family so small?" And he just like deadpans the Holocaust. <laughs> oh my god, that's so fucking good though. Literally, no one in his family was anywhere near the Holocaust. Yeah, like this. No, this bitch totally made it up. It's hilarious. Oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah. All right, let's actually talk back. Go back to talking about Star Wars. So one thing, if we must. Yeah, after I got us off track. Um, <laughs> one thing that I just like I loved in this story is luck. And luck seems very familiar to the Star Wars universe because this, like, this is very clearly the Force doing something, right? Like, it has to be. Well, is it the Force doing something or is it, like, similar to when when we see uh, Lando and Han fucking fixing games and people not being able to figure it out in, uh, what was that book called that we read? Someone help me. 
Uh, last shot. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that one. Lo- no, lost like, chat by Daniel lost- Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's called one shot. <laughs> one shot. Final shot. Yes. It's called one shot. <laughs> um, no, like, but but oh like, how how are we? That was one of the things that I think was most interesting to me about this because I was like, it has very like overt force themes, right? Just like a lot of the things that we read, it's like, oh, this could be the force. But I'm like, the uh, when we look at like last shot, like there is as much of that that we know isn't the force, quote quote. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but like, but I mean, like Han and Lando like fix the games. Like that's just like that's a thing they do. Yeah, but see, when you're fixing a game, though, that's what makes it predictable. Like, I've never felt like the Force is predictable. Like, you put this note on the outline, and then my immediate first reaction, which I then wrote down under your point, because um, I'm contrary like that, is like, you know, Cal is running around um, with with the triplets, and he's trying to figure out when they're lucky, because they either super win or they super lose. And so he, you know, he determines that when it's just, when it's either one of them or two of them together, that's when winning happens. But when all three of them are together at the same time, that's when losing happens. Other way around. It's one or three winning. One happens. or three. That's right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. My bad. No, and then okay. when there are two, when there are only two, um, they lose everything. Um, so I was just like, the, why does the, why is the force constrained? by rules here like cal it's 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 a pretty reliable formula that he's figured out like how you can't really game the force that feels wrong is it reliable though it almost killed him it didn't it, it didn't actually work until he until he let go stretched out with his feelings <laughs> one might say use the force okay That's- yeah yeah I hate saying please expand upon that because, like, you're being a dick, but please expand <laughs> upon that because, like, you're right. Fuck, yeah, well, I just hate... because I take it back. You're not right. Can you please say what you were saying, though? Well, because, like, I mean, like, yeah, he, like, yes, allegedly he figured out the rules, but, like, also, like, he did try to game it and he, like, absolutely blew it. Like, shouldn't have gone to the father races at all. Like, the three, uh, the, the... They're, they're just the three brothers, right? They're the, Sewertons. Yeah, so the three the three Sewertons, like, they all bought Time for Flapjacks with him together. And, like, they were all there and all bet Time for Flapjacks and lost all their money when that race went bad. So, like, I'm... Yeah, I so, no, but it, it... The race went bad, but then everybody, like, got disqualified. So Time for Flapjacks actually won. They just forgot what the rules were about buying a father. Yeah, it, but or, the, the rules haven't mattered in other things. He won. He won his final game with like a like by making the other woman's card do three thirty three. Like the, the 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 luck in this doesn't care about the rules. I don't know. So yeah, I I, I, I pause I it. I like pause it co- to you. No, I have a, I have a theory though. Okay. What, Chris? Because white boy has a theory. You know what? Oh, you miss us shitting on you, man. Come uh, on. I did. <laughs> um, but so, is it about the number or is it about their moods? Because the number of them, when there's, they're all very happy-go-lucky as individuals, right? So, like, one of them is always happy. If they're three all together, then, you know, it's family time. Everybody's loving it. But Cal specifically says if it's just two of them, they start arguing. And that's when they stopped the elevators, which, again, like, 
there's no there's no rules in elevator racing and they stopped the elevators <laughs> so like uh that happened and also when they were all three together but he was screaming at them and telling them to bet time for flapjacks that's when it all went to hell so like then it becomes a question of did he not scream at them only after he lost everything though uh he he wasn't yelling at them to bet time for flapjacks he was being very persuasive but i wouldn't say he was being like aggressive no he was he was very distraught when they bought him time for flapjacks because oh when um, they bought him sorry because all right go on um wody i don't wody dody and dody i I think it was dody was like very serious was like we have to fix this and then like obviously it didn't because it didn't work Mm -hmm. but so i reason why i think it could be the force is because if it has to do with their moods and they're getting along and the presence that they bring to the world around them that could influence the force right because it's the light side bearing out over the dark side you know like the light side of happiness and joy and bringing this good feeling of winning into the world as opposed to anger and hate and fear and suffering <laughs> yeah wow i hate oh, you that was supposed to be lighthearted, and it just wasn't or Cause, something because I, I was right yeah. Um, yeah. I Kate, how dare both of us say Chris was right this whole time twice? Sorry, I'm just sitting here basking in it. The listeners can't see, but it's happening. Listeners also can't see that um, Hamlet's out right now. I'm about to like pick him up Hamlet. and drop him down your shirt. Hamlet. Oh Hamlet. my god. Trouble's time. Yeah. He wouldn't. He doesn't bite me. Yeah, I, I know he Hamlet doesn't. I know because he's a good boy, unlike his mother who wants to kill you. <laughs> I mean, I think that makes you a good boy as well, Kate. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously, like, this is the point of this story, right? It's like, we're supposed to be arguing about this and talking about how interesting it it is. Mm -hmm. It's fucking great. Um, It's almost like JJM intended this because he's a good writer. Blah, blah, blah. Um, (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Um... I think we have more to talk about, but I think we can return to it. Let me ask a question, and my question is, someone talk about timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Please and thank you. All right, so we, it's, it's hard to know exactly, but we do have clues. So the first clue is it starts off with, did you hear about that horrible thing that happened? No, what horrible thing? Oh, I don't remember. Have you ever been to Hosnian Prime? Like, so you think that they're talking about the destruction of Hosnian Prime and they're just have vacation brain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think that this is happening one to two days after the destruction of Hosnian Prime. So it's just like right at the end of or immediately after The Force Awakens. Then at the end of the book, we see uh, Little Butthole Alien again. Of course, he has a name. Um, uh, Ked. Ked Pin. Ked, Ked Pin Chocolate. Yep, you got it. Um, we see him again, and he is still having his vacation. And it seems like he's at least a few days into it because Cal, like, knows him by now. And so... Also, he's finally actually having a good time, for Christ's sake. Also, he's... Yeah, so that it's poor man. Cl- clearly after the events of Rules of the Game mm-hmm. uh, by Saladin Ahmed, the first story in this mm-hmm, book. Mm-hmm. So, we know that he was there for a week on Canto Bite. We also know that he is still on Canto Bite when Rose and Finn are there. Yes. I guess I guess we don't 
I, deleted scenes fall in a weird place of canon, so we don't, like, super know it, but, like... But he's there. He's there. So, this makes me think that this starts right at the end of Force Awakens and ends somewhere in the neighborhood of or right before the Canto Bite scene on Last Jedi. So, it takes place over the course of a few days. Yeah. Like, the first one is just, like, one night, and then... A few days later, we see the next one. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Kristen? You know, that really helps, Chris. Thank you. I am so glad. <laughs> also, yeah, thank I'll... you, Mom. What'd I do? I don't know. You spoke to Dad. Oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, she I'll, just didn't I'll... want to thank me alone. My ego's been fed enough for one episode. It really has. You, you helped paint a picture, as always. I reminded him that uh, butthole people have names, too. That's butthole right. people butthole are people, people too. Oh my god, butthole people are people. Like, Help, helped paint a picture, and in Ke- that picture is someone eating her ass. Oh my, stop. Um, Kedpin, <laughs> don't eat Kedpin. Right? Oh. <laughs> a weird you... turn. I'm not sorry. <laughs> this, you mean this took a weird turn as if like this whole thing hasn't been one weird turn? Yeah, no, 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 okay, yeah. Great. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Keeks. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 no. Um, so I know that I took us out of order. So the question is, what, sh- <laughs> so we were what talking shall about, we speak about next? Sorry. We were, we were, <laughs> what feels like years ago, we're talking about, is this the force? Is this light versus dark? Or is it just like, th- there's the other possibility that it's something completely different because I think it's Wody that's like, Cal asks him to explain it. And like, Wody's like the seemingly more mature like at least has some understanding of what's going on he's got like a tie it's so funny yeah he's and, like naked but has a tie yeah <laughs> it's like i keep imagining them like giant geico geckos and it's very funny anyway that's, that's what they are <laughs> yeah I know. you can see them in last jedi oh, okay um one played by warwick davis that's right and his daughter i believe is the other one yeah um anyway neither here nor there but holy lord um wody says <laughs> Something along the lines of when Cal asks him how this works, he's like, I don't know. Just does. Mom always told us to bring joy to people. This is how it works. And like, it's like, it's just so simple. And like, so like getting back to the roots of Star Wars where like, like now everybody wants and like, don't get me wrong. I'm one of these people. I need, I need backstory. I need rules. But like everybody wants everything to make sense. You know, you need to know why the bombs are dropping toward the First oh, Order Dreadnought. God's sake. Um, and, like, you need to know, like, can, can Luke actually, like, force, project himself half a galaxy away? Spoiler alert, yes, he can. But anyway. Oh, my God, shut up. Like, people want to, like, know rules. And, like, this is just kind of, like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, there are no rules. Right. And also, especially if you, I mean, Chris and I are do um, in the middle of our annual rewatch of every single Star Wars movie within you know, several very, very close together. Um, anyway, so we, um, this, this year, instead of going in, um, Star Wars universe, uh, timeline order, we went in release, release date of the movie order. And so we watched the original trilogy first and it's kind of incredible when you watch that and then watch the rest of it. Just like how much stuff is packed in there that just never gets explained. And then it's really only the, like, um, you know, now that we're spinning the uni- the Star Wars universe out into all these other stories and media that we're really getting details on stuff. Like, nobody 
made rules that um, only dark side users could force choke people. Luke does that in Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace. Like, there's there's no, you know, there's not really a structure to it. I mean, you know, good is good and evil is evil. But other than that, you know, what it's fucking free for all. It's a fucking space movie. You mean no one made rules like there are no bras in space? No, that one was hard and fast. Yeah, actually. that was that was a rule. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Drowned in goddamn bullshit. Strangled by her own bra. Jesus. Sorry. Oh. Um. That was she... that was Lucas shady for no reason except for don't be rude, Lucas. Because why not? I mean, I mean, we can we can wrap up this discussion of what was it by just reminding everybody that Obi Wan in his experience thinks that there's no such thing as luck. Fair enough. I mean, the other thing I... I fuck you. Because um, the, the other thing I wanted to say was that we've seen a lot of conceptions of the Force, especially uh, when we read uh, The Legends of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. There, and, you know, you can see it in um, the Clone Wars universe as they hop around to different star systems, the different ways that um, beings conceive of the Force. As Chris makes another loud noise, because that's my favorite thing, again... Um, and, um, you know, who's to say that, you know, this force is constrained to the roles that we're familiar with, or, you know, if it even, if it has roles, if it doesn't have roles, like, what is it? No one knows. The Surtans actually control the world between worlds. That would be awesome. That would be baller. I wouldn't even be mad. No. That would be like the least stupid thing about the world between worlds, if that were true. <laughs> I'm I'm not here to like give you a good smart thing to say about this, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As you know. <laughs> I, All I right. Anyway. I don't I don't have good theories about the world between worlds. I'm sorry. That's because it doesn't make any sense. No one I, like, ugh, I know, but at least, like you guys at least think about it and Kate Reed Kate Reed's like smut fix about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoehorn that into my canarific. Anyway, I'm like, I'm like, I'm drafting it. Anyway, um, <laughs> the controlling the world between worlds in your smut fic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all well, I'm saying. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna delineate this in this particular episode because JJM wrote a new dawn, and I don't want him to listen to this. Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys miss uh, recording? Uh, did people miss us being a fucking train wreck and going off the rails literally every five seconds? Jesus Weird Christ! Trash. No, they didn't. Just full trash. Oh yeah. The most All trash. Right. Okay. Okay. Getting, getting, getting back to talking about semi-real things. Uh, so, uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about, speaking of dichotomies between light and dark and things like that, um, we get a lot. Um, especially, I think, in this story and um, The Whining Dreams about um, Canto Bite and casino cities in general. Um, you know, Keeks, you talked about your experience having grown up, like, right by Atlantic City. Um, how they're really these um, paradoxes that exist out in the world. Um, there are just so many opposites happening and a lot of mirroring, but, you know, it's, like, equal but opposite things. So, for example... Um, in this, you know, in this novella, we've got luck versus strategy, um, and Cal tries both, and at the end of the day, neither of them really work for him, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know why I wrote this on the outline. I no, I did, and I know why. No, I wrote this. I wrote, I don't need luck, I have these nice lizards. No, 
I, I specifically <laughs> added I specifically added that line to it. You you wrote the main point of this outline. I specifically wrote that one because in my head. No, I literally wrote. I remember writing this. I remember well, physically typing this. Well, then I don't know why I have such a vivid image of it. But in my head, <laughs> it's very Chirrut voice. I don't need luck. I have scribble, scribble, scribble. Nice lizards. <laughs> um, I hate you both. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was on that day, but they were. I'm. I'm one of us is remembering this wrong, and I'm not sure who, well, either who way, it is, well, is all I'm going to say. Well, did you have something to say about it that wasn't an asshole comment? No, literally, that was my contribution. Jesus, Lord <laughs> in heaven. Um, I don't, I really don't know what the fuck my point was when I wrote that. So I'm going to move on to my next point, which is um, the other, the other, <laughs> the other relationship that we have is, um, you know, we've got this, uh, Canto Bites is glittering beautiful like beautiful city you know we what we first see is what finn sees when he first gets the canto bite before rose tells him to look closer at you know the underbelly that really peeks through and the cruelty that um undergirds everything so that other people can have a nice time and have the experience that they dream about that you know you know and kedpin talks about this like he he has these expectations and something has to make the machine run so there you go. Totally. The Chris, woman working the red Chris, iris. I know is you had so a sad. point. <laughs> what did you say? The woman who just like spent her life betting the red eye racist was a little too real. Yeah. When especially when she was like judging him and being like, "Wow, you're gonna make that choice," and it's like you've been betting the red eye racist for like thirty years, and you haven't made it up to the real races. Like, yeah, you've been playing penny spots for 30, penny slots for 30 years. That's real AF, though. I know. Yeah. That's, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, like, too real. It was, like, yeah. I was, like, the very downer part of this story. Yeah, it was pretty fucked up. I mean, that was, like, one of my favorite parts of this story. It was, like, it, it kind of had all of the correct characters as, like, someone who's worked in like, the casino industry. I mean, it's not, like, fucking rocket science, right? You have, like, the sad people who are addicted to gambling, and then you have, like, the people who do it recreationally and, like, usually don't win anything, and then you have the people who are, like, wow, you seem, like, lucky and to get what you like and to kind of be living a different life than the rest of these people. Huh, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, I, I... Part of why I like this story so much is I was, like every single one of these people like is real like every single one of these beings yeah. is like a real character and mm, totally it, furthermore like every single one of these beings is as much the other characters as they are themselves like that's kind of the point of casino bullshit is like everything can change on a whim mm-hmm. at, at the drop of a dime and I I just think that, like, e- even if that, I mean, I think in, in some regards that was, like, the point of the story. But also, I thought JJM just did, like, a really good job of, like, illustrating how everyone can have that, like, that could be me <laughs> kind of mentality. And that's kind of, like, what gambling does to you. Absolutely. That's such a great point. Like, this is really is a... Really interesting kind of cross section of the population of a casino town at, at any given point in time, honestly. 
Um, so I think the last point that I want to talk about story-wise before we start talking about writing stuffs um, is kind of, I guess, uh, very Jedi philosophy sort of thing. So, um, you know, a lot of the rather... Cal spends a lot of time in this story either thinking about worry, worrying about the future or worrying about the past. Like, he's worried that um, he's going to um, very imminently die because he <laughs> made, some, made some bad decisions and then he regrets making those decisions in this past and he's, you know, he keeps um, thinking about... And I guess that's kind of where that addiction to gambling comes from, right? You're thinking about the future. You're like, you're thinking the next big score is coming. Um, and it's going to erase all these horrible, uh, choices that I made in the past or like bad bets that I've made. Um, but what's interesting. And I think he points this out towards the end of the story is that the three Stewartons, they, what they show him is that, you know, life is lived in the moment. Like he's like, what he says is he's, like, th this has been the most, like, fun and exhilarating night of his life, and it's, like, that joy he had when he first discovered how much he liked playing cards. Um, because, because when he started, when he first started playing cards, he wasn't thinking about making money or anything like that. He just did it because it was fun. So, um, you know, it's that whole thing about letting go and being in the moment and all that good stuff my therapist always tells me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which, again, is kind of like, this is a very classic Star Wars story. Mm -hmm. It's very... And he's so good at that, KJ. Yeah. It's a very, it's all fake and in space, so just fucking enjoy it story. Mm-hmm. No. And I, I love that JJ just captures that really, really wonderfully in a lot of his writing. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. And speaking of the man himself, shall we talk about his writing? Yes. Yes. And by we, I mean, I want Kate to kick it off, and then me and chris can pepper in not interesting things into kate's interesting in a <laughs> moment just because like just jjm is like in a fucking amazing writer and like i don't know I, I i at one time probably had some of the vocabulary to talk about that but uh i just love listening to kate talk about it so kate please talk Aww, about it <laughs> thanks um so i think one of the things i've said before about his writing is that it feels super effortless and I still haven't figured out why that is um the same way that I've kind of like I feel like I know why Claudia Gray's writing feels good to me and if you want more about that um when we discussed Lost Stars however so many episodes ago um I talked a little bit about that um one of but one of the cool things about him is that he um keeps notes about his writing process especially for you know individually for everything that he writes on his website and i was a dumb dumb and i totally forgot to read um his liner notes as it were for the ride i don't actually know if they're on his website i didn't look because again i didn't do my homework because i was bad but i have um as chris shakes his head slowly and disappointedly at me like i don't have scissors in front of me to be stabbing him in the eye you could stab him Okay. You're, you're going to edit this out, right? The, the <laughs> noise. No yeah. editing out evidence. <sighs> anyway. Um, so it's a cool look into, um, you know, his mind is writing process. And so I've read, I've read his, his notes for, you know, for example, for A New Dawn. Uh, but I wanted to talk specifically about pacing, first of all. So uh, 
Kenobi is was his first novel in the Star Wars universe, but unfortunately, it is no longer canon. Uh, he just like kind of like just missed the cutoff there. Um, it's a for for um, that division between Legends and the the new um, extended universe in the books, anyway. Uh, but he writes in his notes for Kenobi that um, it takes place on Tatooine. And a lot of it involves uh, small town life on Tatooine and how horribly boring it is. And you really get a sense of, you know, what Luke's, Luke's always complaining about in A New Hope when he complains about why he wants to leave because there's never anything going on. And so the pacing is deliberately slow and it's a little bit torturous at some points. And, you know, you're just like kind of like sitting around in the sand, uh, in, like surrounded by sand and waiting for something to happen. And it really feels like that. And I noticed with... The ride that you know again one of the reasons why gambling is so addictive is that it's kind of just like this headlong um you know jump into oblivion and um relying on i don't know whatever like nothing that makes sense certainly nothing that has any rules and the writing feels like that the pacing feels like that it feels um it's like this rollicking you know sort of pace where this short chapter something um, exciting happens in every chapter. Every chapter has a cliffhanger, um, and there's so much going on, and all it is packed into really a very small space. This is only a novella, and like 50 bajillion different fucking things happen, and we could probably sit here all day and talk about all of them. Um, so, yeah, he's just like this master of pacing um, in terms of like being able to slow things down or make uh, speed things up and make them feel like really, really breathless, and which I admire greatly because. My pacing is bad <laughs> in my writing. <laughs> yeah, this is a very frenetic story. Yes. It's just like very like, like you, you can't feel like you can put, like put it down, like, which is like true of many stories. That's so like a cliche for a reason, but like, it's like, you're kind of just like at the end of every chapter, you're just like, fuck, 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 fuck. He's about to die. I know. And it's just like, let's, let's roll another round of dice and see what happens to Cal next. <laughs> well, and, and that's totally right. And like. I, I think that's a very, I think there's a fine line between, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Kate, but I think there's like a fine line between thinking that your pacing isn't good and then having pacing that is part of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, the, the we could say that this pacing isn't even, right? Like there are certain parts of the story that take much longer mm-hmm. um, page-wise and paragraph-wise than other parts of the story, but I don't think, I mean, I think that it, I think we're all on the same page in, in saying that that enhances the story rather right. than detracts from it. Um, and I think that like, you know, uh, this is part of me being like, don't shit on yourself. I'm sure your pacing is good. But <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of that is just like, whatever, if your pacing ends up being a little wonky, I feel like in a, in many situations, that's like on purpose, at least in like the way that that your writing has has uh, developed. And well, I think it. De- I, it de- Sorry, of course, ahead. no, no. Of course, it of course it depends. I'm just saying that I don't know if that was like a a natural thing for JJM or if he did it on purpose. But sure. I kind of love how if it wasn't on purpose deliberately at first um that it was something that definitely added to the story that he embraced 
And yeah. I mean, that's not going to be right for every story, of course, but I love that, like, you know, even pacing isn't always the right thing, right? Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, what... I'm not saying that my... I'm not saying that my pacing isn't Stop even... Stop pooping that's okay. on yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Keeks. Yeah. I'm not saying that my pacing isn't even, and that's what the problem is. I'm saying that my pacing isn't deliberate like his mm. is. Like, even if in first drafts, like, he wasn't really thinking about it, at some point, he always reaches, you know, a stage of revising or writing or whatever where he thinks about it. And that's evident, I would say, in his writing, but especially, you know, reading his his brain dump for what his thought process was when he was, like, going through actually, like, developing the story and things like that. So, I don't know. I think there's a difference probably between um, someone like him who um, deliberately thinks about the pacing versus someone like me who's thinking about other stuff. <laughs> but stuff. No. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> Just making it funny. Then again, I did write this smut one time. Anyway, um, the other thing... (laughs) The other thing uh, about JJM that you can glean from reading his notes, and especially if you're a writer, I really encourage you to go to his website and um, take a look, um, is that he really loves numbers and he loves playing with numbers, and this was the perfect story for him to do that because um, all throughout this story, all you get are threes multiples of three um you know there's obviously there are tri- the, the brothers are triplets at the end the card that malfunctions says three 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 um it was just three threes like there are a lot of nines going on um which i thought was really clever uh and it's 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 fun for me when writers like hide that sort of thing in there and then also don't draw attention to it because then if you draw attention to it then that's not good writing la 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 um hmm. and he does this in all his works apparently um his he knows his grandpa this his grandpa was a world war ii veteran and he knows what his plane number was and he like works that into every store and i can't freaking remember what the plane number was or i would tell you where it is in this story but um i think that i always think that those sorts of um touches are fun you know the same way that um george lucas uses eleven thirty eight, or um i think claudia gray and lost stars worked in um the numerical date for when uh, a new hope was first released like things like that and it's just kind of like it's a thing that interests him but it's also kind of a star wars tradition that's been passed down through all sorts of things and it's fun totally (laughs) and the last writing thing i wanted to talk about uh was that jj like all all good writing should be like this but uh jjm for me is um one of those masters of um, Chekhov's gun, which for those mm. who aren't familiar with that concept, um, you know, Chekhov obviously is one of um, the greatest writers we've ever had, period, in history, ever. And um, he wrote a lot of short stories, and one of the great things about it is that, um, that's said about it is that um, there's no detail out of place, there's no fat on it, like everything has a use for the story. So um, the saying is that, you know, if Chekhov leaves a gun on the mantle, in one scene and you know he happens to mention it you best believe it's going to come up later in the story and be really important mm-hmm. um so <clears throat> one of the things that i really my back to games writing is that it's like that um you know everything 
that is mentioned earlier in the story like comes up again later um i can't remember any of the details now because i read the story a month ago but you know if you're reading it carefully and you're looking at all the tiny details for various things um all of it just fits together anything he mentions um you know he doesn't mention anything just for the sake of mentioning it um and i think i notice things like that because like my favorite book which is very cliche is the great gatsby and it's incredible um just um economy i guess of language while also being like really poetic and beautiful writing and it's always interesting to me because um well great gatsby is this is the novel that made me want to be a writer but also if you go back and you look at f scott fitzgerald's earlier writings they are long, they're just like, they have so much extra on them. Like there's just like all this like extraneous stuff. And then you, and then you get to The Great Gatsby with this tiny little book and it's because he finally learned how to fucking edit. So <laughs> um, it's just kind of cool. Like thinking about it in those terms, like, you know, how, how does, how does a person become a great author? Well, apparently, you know, sometimes you crank out a few stinkers set of paradise and then Ugh, you get to is not good. the great american novel like that's it's just cool it's funny because apparently like this side of paradise was like very well loved in its time yeah but that's because like people were making that transition from you know bad writing into good writing yes <laughs> no well from like long drawn out writing that was purposefully you know syndicated in magazines and you got them chapter by chapter and, and like when you start doing that like the author fucking forgets what they wrote about like five chapters ago sort of thing and they're getting paid by the word so they just make it go and go and go and go and you're you know turning that into a time where people were actually buying books which they didn't used to actually do like books existed but nobody actually bought books except gatsby but he never cut the pages deep cut deep cut there all right <laughs> you missed me, Kristen. I missed you both so much. Oh. I missed you because I don't I hate talking to Chris all day. Um anyway. <laughs> Can I very briefly mention Easter eggs? Yes. Yep. It's there's only one really important one that I want to bring up. Um obviously we've got more characters crossing over amongst the novellas and one of the questions I want to ask Tom when we have him on for the wrap-up next episode. Yay! Um, I know. Darth and Turnus, the associate editor at Delray, who is super cool. Um, you know, we see Kedpin, we see Joris, who is, you know, the woman who bets on the red-eye races, poor woman. Um, you know, Big Sturt Gana, like all those characters come up again. But also, if you have read JJM's previous work and you have read Kenobi he is like slowly making various characters and situations from that novel um he's putting them in the new canon which is also mm. which is incredibly funny to me so um the little easter egg he's got there in this particular novella is uh the character Mosep Benid who is the guy who kind of um finds Cal at the racetrack and shakes him down and Cal almost gets like thrown out of the box like to die um he shows up in Kenobi as basically Jabba's accountant. <laughs> so, oh, interesting. Yeah, so he's just like, and like he's he he mentions, you know, I've been uh, I've worked for various um, notorious figures throughout my life, and so you know, he's just apparently accountant to various crime lords, <laughs> and that's just what he does. Amazing. I know. <laughs> so I laughed. 
so great. That's all I got. All right. That was a good Easter egg. Thank you. All right. Well, let's wrap it there. And thank you very much for listening to this long-awaited episode <laughs> of the Book Wars Pod. We were actually thinking about stopping at episode sixty-nine because it's. I mean, it nice. would be a great place yeah. to cut it off. <laughs> um. Anyway, next episode <laughs> we're going to be wrapping up Canto Bite with special guest. Uh, Tom, uh, does he want his last name out there? I don't know. We're going to say Darth Internus for now. Tom himself, <laughs> associate editor at Delray. Hashtag uh, dat Tom. <laughs> dat Tom, indeed. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so send us your questions for him about publishing in Star Wars, publishing genre fic and um, IP tie-ins in particular. Cantobite specifically, we are going to ask him about all these things. Uh, and we're also going to give away two copies of Canto Bite. So if you know somebody who thinks that this, or who you think would enjoy this book, but they haven't read it, if you've been listening to it, to these episodes and you haven't read it and you want to read it, all you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes and then send us, are we making them send us a screenshot of it? Yeah, dude. Okay. And then send us a screenshot of it so we know who you are. That's all you have to do. And you're entered to win automatically one of two copies of Canto Bite. Uh, um, also, if you ask Tom, uh, if you at us dumb questions for Tom, such as like, what's going to happen in other Star Wars things that aren't out yet, um, I will just like freestyle about uh, just very many Snoke theories and how ha- how are they related to Spider Mall and his <laughs> iron legs. Okay, so uh, that's a threat and a promise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then in the meantime, uh, in so that is going to come out Christmas week, probably. Uh, and then we're probably going to take a week off for the holidays and maybe throw a bonus episode out there. We're going to be back in January. And our next book, in case you want to get ahead, is going to be Thrawn Alliances by Tim Zahn. Uh, long awaited. This is, I, as a Anakin slash Vader fanboy, absolutely love this book. Uh, I'm excited to see what y'all think of it. And yeah, of you course, already this fucking read it, Chris, didn't you? You're yeah, I've read so I've fast. Read I know you're so fast. Um, and this is very topical, of course, because the sequel and third book in the new Thrawn series, Thrawn Treason, was announced last week. Uh, so we're very excited about that as well. <laughs> so many blue boyfriends for Kristen. Oh my gosh! Yo. <laughs> In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, BookWarsPod at gmail.com to email us. And as I said, rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed to win great prizes, including in the next two days, if you do it by Thursday evening, a possibility to win a copy of Canto Bite. Absolutely free. It's the holidays. It's a perfect time. Uh... If you are so inclined and have the means, please donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon or give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Really helps us cover our hosting and production costs and helps us bring some swag to Star Wars Celebration, uh, which now that we did not get our panel for Star Wars Celebration Chicago, we will just be throwing at random people on the convention hall floor. So if you want to see that and you want to see Kate throw pins at Dude Bro's heads, 
then you should give us coffee so that we can support it. That's really generous. I can't aim to save my life. I mean, yeah, but like, I didn't say you hit them. I said you threw it at them. Chances oh are like you hit a dude, bro. Sure. That's all I'm yeah, saying. like we're gonna be at Star Wars Celebration. Fair it's, enough. It's gonna be like fish in a barrel. You're gonna hit one fish. It's just a question of which fish. <laughs> dude, bro, fish in a barrel. Dude, bros, in a barrel. That sounds sweaty. Ugh, on that stop. sweaty note, our theme song is Whiz Bang by Potting to Bear. <laughs> our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Book Wars pod. Thank you for sticking with us during our mini hiatus. Also, I'm so sorry for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we ne- we're never sorry. We never apologize for anything. Uh, for Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris. Uh, we are happy to be back, and we will talk to you next week. Well, Brian pulls us off the air because that was out of control. Hold on one second, please. Can you guys be quiet? (laughs) Er. Fuck. Quinn's voice carries because it's deep.